From the bayous in Louisiana to the Camber country up north, you'll find them out on the trap line chasing furs to put up on the border. Mixing up another batch of that magical stuff, chilling around the fire after the show. Hey, it's Sarah and Jeff, and maybe a guest on the trapping radio. Hi, and welcome to Trappin' Radio 2.0. Our subject tonight is going to be bobcat trapping. There's a lot of interest out there about bobcat trapping. Um, A lot of trappers are out there after them, catching a lot of them. Bobcat and beaver seem to be the two top topics. And uh, I'm going after both here next week in Arkansas, then going down to Texas after bobcats. So... Uh, can't wait and, 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 uh, and, and coyotes. So got to catch some of them. They don't want you to just catch the bobcats. So anyways, we'll get to that. But, uh, first we have a couple of business things. Uh, first we'll cover our sponsors. Uh, our first sponsor is funky trap tags and supplies. Uh, he's out of Guthrie center, Iowa. Um, he does all the distributing for our predator control group stuff and does an awesome job. Uh, we couldn't be happier, uh, honest, good man. And so if, uh, you're looking for any supplies, trap tags, anything like that, uh, get a hold of him at, uh, funkytraptags.com. And our second sponsor is, uh, F&T out of Alpena, Michigan. Uh, you can get a hold of them at fntpost.com. Their phone number is area code 989-354-8727. Uh, we uh, have been just hauling orders into uh, FNT like crazy, trying to get caught up, trying to get ahead on stuff so they don't uh, run out of anything while we're gone. Uh, we're going to be gone for four or five weeks, so, you know, you got to take a lot of stuff in there and, you know, sending stuff out to other wholesalers and stuff for Predator Control Group and Cheat Traps. And, you know, just make sure everybody, we don't leave anybody high and dry way. Uh, we're off, uh, you know, chasing some fur all over the countryside. So uh, it's been been crazy. Sarah's family uh, even came up and helped us out uh i'd be i'm mixing and you know sarah and um her sister are you know putting the stuff in the bottles and uh sarah's stepdad dave is you know helping uh you know pick up stuff out in the yard all the buckets and getting the buckets organized and stuff and then we're grinding mice and you know um it, it was quite the quite the family affair uh but man it sure was nice to have the help i think uh, Dave said that uh, he didn't feel like he was helping enough. And I'm like, every single thing you do is something I don't have to pick up. You know, if you just pick up a piece of paper, it's much appreciated. You know, so, and that's the thing is, is uh, we got six more days um, before, well, we're leaving next next weekend, Sunday. 
Um, so we have six days to be getting stuff around and we haven't got one trap around yet. We haven't got nothing. In fact, tomorrow we're going to start getting the traps around and, and all that. Uh, they're all, you know, dyed and stuff like that, ready or painted or, you know, however we happen to do that particular trap. Um, but it's, it starts getting nerve wracking as you're ticking down time because you know, you got to do all, you know, the F and T orders um, you know, you got to get all your stuff and not forget anything and, you know, make sure that everything's taken care of here. Uh, so it, it, it is, it gets, uh, it gets stressful until you get on the road and get about a hundred miles away. Then there's like, there's nothing else I could do. <laughs> all I got to do is just drive this truck to Arkansas and go there and, you know, a trap and, uh, have the time of your life, you know, I mean, you know, we got, uh, Haggerty's coming, um, you know, Tim, uh, Roper, uh, meat tenderizer, meat trapper, and, you know, um, Carl and Liz, uh, me and Sarah, um, there's, uh, another young guy that's coming there, he came there last year, and he, he finds, like, deer antlers, and he helps Carl, and, you know, so, um, Dustin, he's a, a hell of a good guy, and uh, uh, you know we, we we all have fun together, and uh, you know that's what I'm looking forward to. It's basically a no stress uh, trapping trip, and that, uh, that's why I like. You know that that I've had the stressful ones where I had to go there and worry about money, you know, making money and doing all this. Um, you know, the the worst stressful part we'll we'll have this time is you know uh who who are we going to find who are we going to sell our beaver to you know we're leaning towards mr perry down louisiana if we can meet up with him someplace in arkansas we're we really like mr perry and his son um just really good people um honest guy and uh that's that's what I'm always looking for. I like dealing with honest, uh, honest people. You know, you know, basically, you see what what you see is what you get, and I mean, you can't ask for any more than that. So that's basically what we'll be doing over the next six days: is working on FT orders, loading trailers, finding and loading the traps. Sarah has a list about a mile long on on a poster board. Um, she's big on the list stuff. I always was. We, you know, now we write down, you know, this, sometime I'll put up a picture of it. They, uh, like traps and then broke down into categories of what traps and how many and, uh, then stakes and the stakes have to, you don't take, this is her saying this, there's no need to take 25 or 26 rebar stakes if you're only taking 24 dps you take 24 dps 24 stakes well i'm more of the thought i'm gonna take an extra dozen in case one i knock the head off of it or you know and i've told you before if i got 300 traps i'm taking 300 traps you know i load it you get you got a 16 foot trailer load that son of a bitch up you know so, uh, but so 
but because we're going down to Texas and I don't need that many, you know, we're going to cut back on the three thirties, um, you know, and go more with footholds. Cause you know, if, if I had to, I could set what, you know, the beaver, some of the beaver traps down there for cats. So just, I don't think I'll have to, we'll have plenty, but, uh, but anyways, she, uh, you know, I gotta, you know, that's my job is to dig all that shit out of the trapping shed and it's, uh, gonna be interesting you know because i'm not taking like the stuff we were using here or we got trapping stuff down to iowa we just leave in iowa you know and we got um you know big totes of traps down there and then you know the ones we used earlier this fall here are rusted you know rusted and need to be you know took care of so we're not uh you know taking those down there because and then down south they'll just rust like crazy so we're only taking the ones that are you know fresh and uh you know been dipped or whatever so you know mostly mostly uh dip, dipped in paint and mine was in paint and um sarah's was in uh her snare one dip so but like i say we're going down to like in arkansas where we're going there's it's uh I don't know. It's it, it, it's like a peninsula off the Mississippi River, and we do really good on otter because the otter just keep feeding into there. But uh, you know, we usually catch, you know, I don't know, three four cats down there. You know, two three cats, three four cats. You know, never any big numbers of cats on that property. But um, you know, we nobody's ever went out and just campaigned on them. I guess Carl has a, a long time ago, but. Uh, Cause he'd been trapping, I think this for 20 some years, you know, every year for two weeks. And, uh, but you know, it's fun to go set them traps there for the cats and catch them. And, you know, that's the thing is, is there's a, a difference in what I'm looking for. Like when I'm in Arkansas trapping the cats, um, it's different and the same of what I'm looking for here in Michigan or in Arkansas, or in Arizona, or Louisiana, or South Texas, you know, or other places I've, I've trapped cats at. Um, you know, like I say, it, it, and that's confusing because, you know, it's the same but different. And, you know, I, like in Arizona or South Texas, I'm not looking for the same thing that I'm looking for, you know, in... Uh, northern michigan because number one there ain't no big trees like we got here not you know not where i was trapping i was trapping desert and uh you know so there's not going to be an old logging road you know through the big you know the big uh cut over pines and stuff so so you know it, it is a little bit different um you know when i first went down to texas uh first time i went down there i went down I, for the first week, I had a hell of a time. That's if you're ever going on a out-of-state trip. You know, that don't get discouraged if you go somewhere and don't do real good at first or even the whole time, you know, because most of you aren't going to go there, you know, for a month or two months or something like that. Um, you know, so if, if you were only going for a week, you could mess up during that whole week. And, um, you know, but don't get discouraged because it's like when I went to South Texas, it looked, you know, uh, horrible to me, like a bomb went off and just blew everything up. And I couldn't, had a hard time finding locations. 
uh, you know, not for like coyotes, but because there were so many ro roads and intersections and stuff. But you know, like if you wanted to put in blind sets, I, I I wasn't getting the flow of how the animals were flowing through the land. You know, because um, like here in Michigan, I can look a lot of times at something and I can see in my mind how I think them animals will flow. And down to South Texas, for first week I was there, uh, I was seeing no flow. Everything looked the same to me. I, you know, five weeks later, I was starting to start, just starting to get where, you know, them coyotes, I would pick them, pick them up, you know, uh, you know, cutting across, not just, you know, between the roads and stuff like that. So it took me five weeks to start, you know, uh, getting a, a grasp on you know the the location where i was at and uh so don't get discouraged but as far as like with the cats i uh well i jumped ahead so we'll do the i got some uh fur sales that i want to announce but i'll do them at the end of the show um because there's no sense breaking the stride now so if you're interested in fur sales uh and where to sell your fur listen to the end or skip ahead so the, the main th one thing, main thing, um, like I say, with the bobcats is going to be the locations. You hear location, 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 and that's absolutely true. Because if you go set it where the bobcats aren't going to be, or they can't see your flag, you're not going to catch any bobcats. Just like if they, you can set in the best spot in the whole wide world, so you got the best location ever. And the thing is, is if you don't put in the hole or have some attractant there either visual or smell that them cats are interested in you're you're not going to catch them they're they're finicky they'll walk right on by you know um so it, it's more than just location it's more than just because you can have the best lure in the whole wide world and if you got it down downwind of that cat and off location he ain't even going to know it's there so, you know, it, it's everything tied together, putting in your set correctly. It's all tied together, you know, having the right set set up there, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, a flashy set, a blind set, uh, whatever for that spot. Um, you know, it, 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 it all works together. It's not just one specific thing in, in all trappings like that. You know, uh, but I, people get caught up. I see them on uh, different social media. Location, location. You set the location. That's all that matters is the location. Bullshit. I've had some of the best locations and coyotes walk right past my set. I'm sure a lot of you had the same thing. So I would consider that a great location if I got my trap set there and a coyote walked right on by my set. That's a pretty damn good location, but that location didn't mean shit because I didn't catch that coyote. So... That that is true, but so far from the truth, in the same sentence, right? So, but the locations I'm looking for, let's say like in Michigan, okay, we got big timber, we got white cedar swamps with balsam and spruce, and it's thick. If it's a like let let's say our season was in October in the Lower Peninsula, um, what I'm looking for is that middle ground or on the edge of fields or something like that. And 
I'm, anything with like a, a like let's say like a gravel pit with a high edges you know them cats will get up and work work them edges um i'm looking for the old logging roads you know because they, they'll travel down those and that's the type of locations i'm looking for and with the type of sets i'm going to make for them is like a, a brush pile set um and you'll you know i make them them brush pile sets a lot um and also i'll make you know um like a trench set where you dig out the trench and then, you know, have one high side and then I'll set the trap on that high side and pile the dirt on the other side. And I'm not setting down in the trench. I've caught cats where they step into this, into the trench, but I've missed a lot of cats by setting in the trench also. Um, that's just my personal preference not to set in that, in that trench. A lot of times what I'll do is I'll dig that trench out and I'll even put the dirt down both sides and dig it like, you know, like when a grader goes down the road and they have that peel up and it's a high, you know, that high ground. I'll dig into that to keep them off that backside. Um, and all I'll do is I'll dig that out on an upward angle coming at me and, you know, so it's deeper away from me than to me. And I'll dig it out maybe two, three uh I'm trying to think, uh, you know, my hammer, I'm digging it out with maybe two or three of them wide, you know, as I'm digging them out and then I'll pile that dirt on the sides for eye appeal, kind of throw it around a little bit. And then I'll at the top, I'll stop and I won't dig that up. And what I'll do is I'll make a walkthrough at the top of that so that that cat can walk, walk right on by that set on the, on the top end of that trench set. And check it up, you know, just kind of chicken neck down, looking down in there. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I do that. Or, like I say, set the high side. And then, you know, put dirt down the other side. And, and you know, kind of rough it up in the front so they don't come from that way. But you can do it both ways. But I generally, I used to set down in the trench. I don't set down in the trench anymore. Uh, them animal, the predators like to get on that high side or just do a walkthrough. Uh, and I have a way more luck with that with cats or coyotes than what I do setting down into that trench. You know, I mean, and I'm not talking about in cattle country where you'd set down in it to, you know, keep them cows out of it. I, I'm talking about no cattle, nothing. Uh, that's, that's the type of sets I make. Um, so... You know, the, that's the type of locations in the sets I'm making, say, like in northern Michigan. Um, when I was out in Arizona trapping cats out there, you know, we're looking for the dry washes, and we're setting the dry washes, and, you know, and then we'd flag the dry wash, and, you know, flag your trap, and we'd take it, we'd have, uh, you know, and here I'm hooking down a lot of times, if unless it's a blind set, you know, in northern Michigan, and I'm using the drags. Out there, I didn't use drags. Um, what we used was just take had chain, and we put chain around like the sequoia cactus or, you know, a, a tree or whatever, and, you know, just crimp it, the S-hook down, and, you know, we'd make like a, you know, double dirt holes and stuff like that. And uh, it was interesting with them cats. I never had a cat do it here in michigan but them cats in arizona had a they had like a different color eyes when you looked at them and the first one i caught out there um because I, I 
I was, uh, I think 19 when I went out there with my dad and, uh, R.C. Smith. And we went and I had quit high school and my dad said, uh, I don't know, it was like end of 10th grade, something like that. And I was, you know, if, you know, we're buying fur for Hudson Bay. Everything's going along. Uh, you know, I'm, uh, trapping and making money and, you know, this is what I'm going to, this is just what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Uh, and my dad says, uh, you want to go out to Arizona with me and, uh, Dick, you know, R.C. Smith, um, you know, you take your own truck, run your own trap line, blah, blah, blah. It, but, uh, if you, you can't go, if you don't go get your GED, that's the only way I'll let you go. So, you know that I went in there and took it. <laughs> I passed it. You had to, then you had to take two tests, but your class had to graduate. So I had to wait for my class to graduate. And then I went and took two tests and passed it. And so I got to go to Arizona. And uh, I'll tell you some stories about from out there sometime. Um, it, was, it was the greatest experience. and It was the biggest nightmare. Um, Johnny Thorpe was out there at that time, and um, I, I've talked to like four or five guys out there that got arrested. My dad got arrested out there, thrown in jail in Kingman, you know, and uh, maybe I'll tell that story next week. Um, so, but Johnny Thorpe had gotten arrested. I talked to Johnny Thorpe, and Johnny Thorpe said that he got arrested that same year. I'll just tell you the story what happened. So, anyways... We go and we're out there trapping, and the 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 laws were you have to check your trap every twenty four hours. So they went and my dad and Dick went to go check the traps, and they pulled down in there, and the DNR had took a stick and drove and put it across. The, they knew they had traps down in there, and that line hadn't been broken in twenty four hours. So you know. Uh, you know, I don't know if they were checking them, you know, later in the day, you know, sometimes you, you know, reverse your route. I don't know. I don't, I, I really don't know. Maybe they were just doing, you know, what trap, you know, trappers used to do, you know, just running them, you know, later in the day. So anyways, but the thing is that line wasn't broken. So Dick Smith dropped my dad off up on the hill and my dad would cut across over one of the um i don't know what they call them out there you know it was like a big hill you know it wasn't a mountain but it was like a big big hill big rocky outcrop and my dad would walk through there check the traps and then you know dick would go check the other ones where he could drive down to then my dad would walk down there well the dnr didn't see him drop my dad off and dick pulled down there and my dad could look down in there and the dnr come swarming in there had a helicopter and they come swarming almost like SWAT teams up on them like you know big time criminals but they didn't know my dad was up on that hill anyway so my dad starts walking down there you know because where, where are you gonna go you know I mean you're from Michigan and you're out in the middle of the desert and I'm out checking traps somewhere else I have no idea any of this is going on so anyways we get they get my dad walks down there and they take he had his pistol in his shoulder holster 
and you know, and so he gives them the pistol. And as soon as they had him in handcuffs, they went and the sniper walked down up off the hills. They had the sniper on him the whole the whole time. You know, if there was any trouble, they were going to take him out. All over that line not being broken. But, you know, the thing is, is uh, so they take him to Kingman. I don't even, I don't even remember who got a hold of me. We're, the, 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 so I don't even remember who got a hold of me about the, all of it. And it's like we went and I get up there and I said, uh, I go to the jail and I says, uh, hey, uh, my dad's in, uh, you know, another guy's in jail. You know, what, what are they charged with? And remember, I'm like 19 years old. I don't know jack shit. I mean, all I want to do is drink, coarse beer, and chase Mexican women. That's all I want to do. You know, I, I, the trap line's done for the day. Let's go out and have fun. What I didn't know was then, if you even had an empty beer can in your car, if they wanted to, if you were from out of state, they'd throw you right in the clink too. And, you know, we got all kinds of beer cans in our car. Um, so anyways, they told me, they says, uh, well, we got him on however many traps that they figured. They said, uh, we got him on 120, we got them on 122 counts of drunk driving. And I'm like, 122 counts of drunk driving. I'm only 19, remember, but I'm not completely stupid. You released him 118 times and <laughs> let, let him get you know rack up the drunk driving. I don't, I don't, I'm not understanding. Anyways, every trap that they figured that they had out, didn't know for sure, they you know charged them with each single one of them. Anyways, I uh, when it was all said and done, I think they it ended up costing them. They were in jail. They they walked them down through Kingman. With uh, there was a murderer and everything, and went down for the bond hearing, and they had him in shackles, had him in leg irons the whole night. I mean, you'd have thought that they had been a murderers too. So, anyways, they, I don't remember. I think R.C. Smith's uncle was a, or he knew his cousin was a lawyer out there and knew the judge. Anyways. I think it would end up costing him like 200 bucks. And my dad said he would never go back to Arizona again trapping. And, uh, but the thing is, is, uh, well, we didn't know then cause there was no internet. And that's one nice thing. Like if something happened like that now, you would know about what was, what had happened. And, but the thing is back then we didn't, I didn't know until years later, my dad had, had even passed away. I, I believe at that time. I was talking to Johnny Thorpe about the New York convention. We were talking, and, like, we knew we had mutual friends. Um, you know, Dennis uh, at Globe Fur, you know, my he was my dad's boss for buying for Hudson Bay. And Johnny would go out there and stay with him and stuff and knew him. So, you know, we had a, a common person that we were, you know, good friends with. So we're talking about it, and Johnny was telling me about how he got picked up. It was the same year. Uh, you know, in the exact same story, exact everything is exactly the same, um, except for Johnny said that when he went, they went out and took him out to pull his traps, and uh, the deputy had or whoever took him out there 
was trying couldn't shoot the coyote so johnny had to use his gun to dispatch the coyote you know so um but it was the exact same story and i've talked to three other people one guy from minnesota um and two other ones besides him was out there that year and had the exact same thing so you know that's the thing is is they they were on a you know out of state trappers you know going after them um you know for anything um uh, i don't know what the reason was i have i'm not even going to speculate um you know but that is exactly what was going on um that year out there in arizona um that they were they were the dnr was after the state trapper after you know out of state trappers it could have been in state trappers too i don't have everybody i talked to was an out of state trapper so that's but they definitely was after them you know um one problem was that we had was that they had was the guy's ranch we didn't know none of this but uh the guy you know basically you know you're just glad somebody gives you a place to stay and the ranch we were staying at, this guy, the feds and the DNR hated because apparently they had these Mustangs down in the, um, I'm trying to think, uh, it slips my mind. It was a big canyon out there and they, they had these Mustangs down in there and the feds was going to shoot them or the state was going to shoot them. And he said, I can, I can drive them out of there. And they said, there's no way you can drive them out of there. Anyways, he, he got them Mustangs out of there and made them look like dumbasses. And you know, you can imagine how this went. So they all, and he had, and he had had some other problems with them and stuff. Um, so, you know, we're staying at a ranch, the DNR and the feds already hate, <laughs> you know, so, um, so then it just got, you know, then it was just, it went downhill from there. And, uh, so that's the thing is, is, you know, if you're going out of state, um, you know, and something happens, you know, just, you got to do everything. I, when I go out of state trapping, I am, I try to be perfect at home as I possibly can. I don't want to take it. I try to do everything as perfect as I can. Uh, nobody's perfect, but when I'm out of state, every T is crossed, every I is dotted, and, you know, you cannot go out of state and do that. Number one, if you're out of state trapping bobcats or anything else, even though we're all Americans, you're just a guest out there. There's somebody else fighting for them rights, and, you know, and you can't go there and, and mess it up for them. And, um, you know, so that's the thing is, is, you know, if you go out of state... Just do everything correct because you get in trouble there. You're from, say, let's say you're from Wisconsin and you go to Alabama and have a problem. When you go back to court, you're going back to Alabama to go to court if they even let you leave. You know, so you do something serious enough, you ain't leaving. You know, plus, plus if you go to Georgia, you'll, you know, you'll have to, you'll lose your bond and everything. So you got to put a bond up. So, you know, that's the thing is, when you go out of state trapping, you know, make sure that, uh, you're doing everything right. And, uh, you know, basically, uh, do as I say, not as I have done. <laughs> so, um, you know, just, it was different back then. And, uh, 
It's not the same way anymore. But uh, we'll move on from that. You know, it's just an interesting story of how it used to be. I mean, you know, uh, it's one of it's one of my uh, a memory that I, I really cherish. At the time, it was freaking horrible. You know, going through that as a nineteen year old, and it it wasn't much fun. It wasn't much fun. And there was no cell phones back in them. At least nobody I knew had a cell phone. <laughs> there was nobody had a cell phone. Never even heard of a cell phone. So, um, anyways, so, you know, like I say, O2, uh, Arizona, you know, we're setting the dry washes. South Texas. Uh, you know, I'm setting the the dry washes that I can find, you know, but a lot of the road systems at the crossings and stuff like that. And, you know, if I find some, you know, uh, where a cat toilet was, uh, something like that, you know, I'm digging in a trench set, putting in a, a cubby set, and I'm using flagging. And you didn't hear, like, in Michigan, you know, if I'm going to set on the edge of a gravel pit where the cats, you know, can see, I'm going to, I use uh, flagging. You know, and I I know some of you are cringing because you can't use, you know, feathers in your area. I like, like, you know, say like a duck wing, something that will spin. You know, you can use a CD, uh, you know, anything like that, you know, to, you know, just to get it movement. If you're going to use like a CD, and the best bet is to cut it and, you know, make it like a ulu blade look and drill a hole in it put like a, a fishing swivel, you know, on there with a piece of string so that it doesn't, you know, kink that string up and, you know, just keep, it'll keep spinning. Um, the other thing that works good for like the flagging is I got a video on YouTube somewhere. I couldn't even tell you what the name of it is or what to look it up. It, Bobcat flags flagging or something like that probably. But I show, you know, I didn't come up with it. Albert came up with it. The guy we're going down to Texas years ago, he came up with it. You take like a piece of rebar, let's say two feet long, drive that in the ground just a little bit just to hold it. Okay. So you just want like six inches or eight inches into the ground. Then you're going to take like a, uh, so let's say a one inch, uh, PVC pipe, let's say four feet tall. Okay. You're going to go, from the bottom of that PVC pipe up about, let's say high as a dollar bill, six inches, all right? And you're going to take a little, just a little drill, drill a hole through that, and then you're going to take a piece of wire as like a cotter pin and stick through there and bend it down, bend it off. You can use anything that would work as a cotter pin. So then you got, so you got your re-rod in the ground, right? You're going to take your PVC pipe and put it on top of that, Rerod, just put it, set it on there, and it's going to go into the PVC pipe up to that cotter pin. Then, what we do is, because you can reach the top of it, is we'll take like an old coat hanger and unravel it, and then spread it out. But you still got that kind of you know winged look to it. And I'll take one end and stick it in the end of that PVC pipe, and then put a hook like on the other end, and then I'll take. And put it like a, you know, whatever you're going to use for flagging on the end of that. And then it'll swivel 
right around and and but you don't want it so long that you're whatever you, you know if you take a piece of uh fishing string or whatever you're using on the end of your let's say you're using a uh uh duck wing or a dvd you don't want the, your string so long it can hook, get hooked on your pole you want to keep it shorter all right so you just put that on the end and i mean that that that'll swivel around with the wind it won't get all tangled up they, they work really good you can put them anywhere you want out in front of your set behind your set and like i say i didn't come up with that albert did and um you know, it's, it's a it's a hell of a system. Um, you know, we'll be showing it when we're down in Texas and stuff, um, or or Arkansas if we you know find some spots we want to use flagging. But like here in Michigan, you know, on the tight roads and stuff, I'm not using flagging. I would say probably most of the time, I'm not using flagging because I'm setting on them old logging roads. And them cats are running right by where my sets are. All I'm using is some, like, breast feathers and stuff like that, like on a cubby or, you know, on a trench set, something like that, or a, even a, uh, you know, projection set. You know, I do real good, like, taking Hellfire and put it just on the end of that and then taking some feathers and sticking right into it, you know, and then just set off of that. You know, I like, for cats, I like using a bigger log, you know, like, uh, I don't know. Like a nice piece of firewood size. I don't know what you know uh, dimensions are on that, on that, but um, so bigger, bigger, bigger the better. You know, just it gets them to work. Work as I peel and works it, and you can put more feathers on it and stuff. So, but so like like I say, but out in. You know, open ground on a farmer's field edge or something like that. You know, I'm definitely going to use the flagging to try and pull them in where they can see it. If they can't see it and they're coming right by anyways, all you're doing is creating something for somebody to, you know, see something weird over there. And they go check it out and then they're, you know, because I think that most people, like people say, well, most people are good. I don't think most people are good. I think most people are trapped even some of the guns. I really believe that. I think that because it's like when you have a trap stolen, it wasn't like a hundred people went by that trap and then the one dishonest one stole it. It was one person come to it and stole it. <laughs> you know, so uh, you know you start having a. It, it, it sucks to have that, but you know you you gotta you you put a, a feather thing out there and especially like on public ground and somebody sees it. They're going to go over and check it out, and they're probably going to steal your shit. They're going to mess with it, they, they, you know. Um, so, you know, th that's why, like, in Michigan, if I, don't, if I don't need a flag, I don't put one. Will I put the feathers and everything on it? Absolutely I will, because a lot of times, you know, people, you know, walk by and they just think, you know, oh, you know, a coyote got a turkey. You know, well, they don't know nothing. They're just stupid. You know, they, they don't know anything. So, and it's best they stay that way. Um, so, that being said, if it's in an open area, I will use flagging. If it's in a closed area where I don't think it's going to help me, I don't use the flagging. I get down to South Texas, you can be guaranteed I'll be using it. 
because I can pull them cats, you know, they can see it a half a mile away. On that, you know, thick, brushy cover in Michigan, they're not going to see it. It's not going to matter. So I'm hoping I'm driving this point home that, you know, you, if you're not pulling them from anywhere, you know, there isn't a lot of point to it. And the other thing is, a lot of times what I'll do is is I'll put that, like I'll make my set, I'm going to try and describe this, I'm going to put my set back in some cover, a little bit of cover, you know, like the back of the cubby, have the front more exposed, let's say it's like on a on a road. And then what I'll do is I'll take that flag and put it right out in front of that set. So that's where that, when them cats, if they're a far distance away and they're coming to it and they come to it, they're going to come right to that set, right to that flag, right? That's what they're, they're, they're seeing something move and they're, they're working their way in on it. When they get to that flag, the next thing they see, I want that, them to be standing there and look and see my set with all the feathers and stuff like that, right? So I don't want to put it behind my set or anything like that. I want to put it right in front of my set. So when they're standing in front of my set, that's going to be where they see the set. And uh, that, that you know, has worked worked great for me. Um, the one I, because I used to put it behind my set and everything else. And I started putting it in front of the, more in front of the set. And nothing's set in stone for every single time. You know, I mean, if there's a reason not to do it that way, and there's a better situation... Might for for God's sake, you know, do that. You know, nothing is set in stone every single time on every single set. Just that's the setup I'm looking for. You know, and you know, and I used to set up like I said, set be behind the set, over the set. Um, but you know, I started uh, you know being friends with Clint, and you know, Clint was a hell of a cat trapper, and I picked that up from him. Um, you know, the out in front, and it's it's worked great. I mean, it, it it worked just like he he, you know, just like he told me. He said, you know, it worked good, and it, and it does. And that's the thing is, you find something like that that works, you stick with it till you find something better, and then you you know, then you got two killing killing deals. So, and I know a lot of you can't use uh you know real feathers, real fur, uh, bone, anything like that. Um, you know, but there the thing is, is if you look up on uh, Google. Um, you know, Google fake fur, you can get a lot of stuff and fake feathers, um, you know, that, uh, is it as good? No, but it's, it's better than number one, getting a ticket for doing something illegal, uh, making us all look bad because of something, you know, you do. And also, you know, it, it, it's what you can use and it'll work. So, you know, just look up, uh, you know, but one thing is some of that stuff does look pretty real. So I would make sure that you kept like the packaging or something. So if the DNR says, hey, uh, you're using blah, 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 I would say, no, <laughs> this is synthetic and it's fake, you know, and have the package right there to show them, you know. So you always got to protect yourself. It's too bad it's that way, but that's just the way it is because, you know, there's so many dishonest people out there. You know that, that he's not going to just believe you. That, you know this is synthetic. So, I'm just trying to make it so you can 
go out there and have success and not get a ticket. That's my my main concerns is that you have success and don't get a ticket or get yourself in no trouble and and I was the cause of it. So um and the th- the other thing I like to do one reason I really really um I like trapping otter and I like trapping cats is cuz you can block them down. Um you know it's like with uh with cats. I mean you can put your set in you can put your set right in and then put sticks on the outside of the jaws going into the cubby and you can go and you know just sift over that trap with dirt and you're good i mean you know it's stupid not to block something down and get them to put their foot where you want it if you can it won't work with coyotes they're not they're not gonna come into something like that generally so but for cats they will and you know so don't when you're making them them sets don't give them the opportunity to step somewhere else. You know, uh, set it up where the if they want to come into that set, they have to step where you want them to step, which is right on that pan. You know, just don't give them any any other options. So you know, when you're blocking it, blocking it in, um, you know, just make sure that that's the only place they can step. If they want to come in there. They, that's their 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 uh, that's their option. That being said, on a bigger scale, I went to Alaska. I went up there, um, and I went with with Matt and Matt Willie. And you know, Matt catches a lot, a lot of links, hell of a link strapper. Um, and I learned how to set up their cubbies and all that. <clears throat> and uh, I got I really good on on links up there. I was really happy with all the links I caught. I was catching pine martin in them, um, you know. So I thought, you know, these cubbies will work great for bobcats. I thought, uh, you know, it's going to be unbelievable. The, in Michigan, uh, the lives they cannot be seen. The bait, any no exposed bait, four feet. It can't be seen more than four feet above where it is or whatever. So. Anyways, what I do is I take like a drill. I take a piece of beaver meat, just like the lynx cubby, and I would take and hang it like in a, on a balsam tree. And then if it wasn't thick enough to block it, I would take a drill and then break off branches and stick it in the holes. And then it would, you know, wouldn't show that they couldn't see that bait except for you know a cat walking by, right and right up to the cubby. And so I take the dead sticks and put all over and brush it in. And I make that cat cubby just like I was them lynx ones. I wasn't using game cameras then, so I don't know. All I know is what I seen in the snow. And I missed, I didn't miss. I had 13 different cats come into cubbies, and I seen their tracks in the snow. Some would pace back and forth and wouldn't step up into there. Other ones would go around and around and around, you know, trying to get into there. Um... But they did not want it. They wouldn't step up in there. 13 cats. You know, so I'm like, yeah, this ain't going to work. <laughs> this ain't going to work for me. Now, I'm not saying in where your state is that the bobcats won't step in. In Alpena, Elkona County, 
there's 13 cats out there that I know damn well would not step up into there. So, you know, what, whatever they'll do in the rest of the free world, great. But they, them ones wouldn't, and I'm never making one of them sets for a bobcat again. Um, you know, because if they would step up in there, I mean, it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy, you know, but uh, not me, boys, not me. I'm not, I'm not ever making another one because uh, I've seen all I needed to see. Uh, I miss 13 cats that come into my sets. I'm, I'm changing shit. I'm not leaving it the same, you know. Um, not even Hellfire smeared on the beaver me could make them come in there. They sure wanted to get to it, you know. I know I, I would have caught myself. If there was some cooked beaver meat back in there, shit, I'd have caught myself. If you throw a rutabaga in that stew, I'm a definite catch. You'd have to dispatch me when you got there. But um, so you definitely want to do the blocking on a smaller scale, you know, with little sticks, stuff like that to guide their feet. Um, I've tried, uh, like, with uh, the exposed pants set. I've had success with it. I don't, I don't do it as a practice. Um, I like to have. I'm an eastern trapper. I got to have dirt on my traps. You know, I just that's just me. I don't like them exposed. I, you know, do I believe a cat will step on a exposed pan? Yes, I believe that. Do I believe that you'll miss some? Yep, I do. Do I believe you'll miss some, and they won't step up in there? Uh, with dirt or peat moss? Absolutely, I do. Do I think you catch them all? No. I don't care what you do. You're not going to catch them all. But trapping is 99% mental. It, you, you you have to trust your sets that you make. And my thing is, is I, I don't trust them sets when I put them and the trap isn't covered and it isn't hidden. Will they work? Absolutely they'll work. It's me that has the problem, not the animal or the trap necessarily. I just have to have I have to have it to have confidence to keep making them sets. And uh, you know, so you know, do I think it's good if you go out there, you know, and I'm talking about an exposed pan. I'm not where they I see some sets where they go and they take the whole trap and set it on the ground and it's it's just the trap setting there. No, I I'm never making that set. You know, number one, uh, it, you know, it's not bedded solid. Uh, number two, I just, uh, you know, I can't do that. <laughs> it's it's got to it's got to look better than that, you know. So, I, I, I I'm not saying that nobody can catch anything like that, but my thing is, I'm not setting traps like that. I have to have dirt on my traps or peat moss or something covering them. I'm, I want to be a, a magician where you don't see all the tricks. You know, you can't figure the tricks out, <laughs> you know. So I don't want to be the magician where I'm just, uh, you know, you see me put the rabbit in the hat and then I pull it back out. You know, it's got to be way more sneakier than that, you know. So, um, you know, with them, and them, 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 them cats, uh, you know, I mean, are they are they scared of traps? No, but you know, you start putting game cameras on stuff. You know, it's like watching otters go around. Uh, you know, I got a blind set in the ground. I got it where the otter walked right up there, looked right at it. It was blended in, in my opinion, perfect. And that otter went right around it. No, if an otter will do that, you think a cat won't do that or a coyote? 
Absolutely they do. You know, it's just, uh, it's personal preference. And when people get hung up on stuff and argue and fight, and if somebody wants to put exposed pan sets out, one or 200, I don't care. I just prefer not to do it, you know, because of what I've already described. I don't have confidence in them sets when I'm making them. And I have to have confidence to keep making sets. Because even though I don't catch something in every trap, not even close, especially cat trapping, um, I believe in my heart that I'm going to catch something in it. That's why I love setting traps so much, because it's all confidence and, you know, thinking, hey, I'm going to catch one here. And I love, that's the great part to me. I love making the sets. My favorite thing in the world would be if I made the set, marked it on GPS, hand, put it in your hand, and then you go back and check them. And I never, ever go back. And when you, when you pull them, you just give them to me, I'll go reset them, and then you go check them. <laughs> that would be great. I mean, uh, Sarah loves checking them, and, I, I, and I'm, I'm not saying I hate checking them. It's just not my favorite thing. I would rather set. Set and set and set and set and set and never go back. So, and I know some of you are like that, and some of them, you are like Sarah, that likes to check the traps. So, is your favorite thing. Um, we'll cover, uh, like, the bait and lure. And one, one week where I'm going to do a, a whole thing on, uh, you know, bait and lures and different applications and stuff like that. But, um... I want to have it right, and that's why I haven't done it yet. I've been wanting to do it, but I don't want to, you know, just go off the cuff. Uh, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm able to describe what I'm talking about fairly fairly easily. Um, on trap size, you know, I've caught cats in one and a half. Um, you know, you, you, but the problem is, is I, I catch a big tom. And I got him by one toe, and I, you know, he pulls out, or he's right there, and I got to hurry up and run up there and club him. You know, can't just catch all, pull him. Um, you know, so a number two, if I if I had the perfect cat trap, it would be a, like a number three. You know, that's if I was just cat trapping, I would want a number three. They got a big, big, uh, you know, big foot, and you know, I want to have a big, big bite on it, and. Um, you know, can you use number twos? Absolutely. I've caught lots of cats in number twos. Uh, if I only had one and a halves and couldn't afford anything else, I would go trap. I would go bobcat trapping with the one and a halves. But my ideal trap is it would be a there's like a small number threes, and then there's bigger number threes like a J trap, you know, or, you know, Kendall's KO Extreme, you know, something like that. Um, you know, those are the, the ones I like. I really, really like, you know, like a Bridger number three, you know, something like that. Um, so those are, that's my preferred trap is a number three for just for cat trapping, you know, but like I say, the other stuff will work. Um, you know, I mean, uh, most places, uh, they don't use two twenties like in Michigan in the lower peninsula where I'm at, we can't use two twenties for cats. They gotta be in footholds and um, you know, so I think Minnesota, you know, I see, you know, a lot of them guys out there catching cats in, um, in two twenties, 
you know, maybe I'll try and get one of them guys on. They could talk about it in case, you know. I mean, I've caught lots of cats in 220s, but, uh, you know, it was um, more like accidental catches, you know, where you were trapping coon in, a, like, a hole. You know, you dig the hole, put the bait down the hole, put the 220 over it, you know, and the cat comes along instead of the coon, and, you know, he's, you know, he, his spirit's been released, and, uh, you know, so... Um, so that kind of covers, you know, uh, you know, kind of the, the trap sizes, if you're getting into it, the way I dispatch my cats, most people dispatch your cats is, um, use a catch-all pole, you know, put the, you know, when it, where it comes out of the catch-all pole, you try and get it where on the back, that part where the V is on, in the cable on the back of their neck, get the circle part underneath their neck it doesn't have to but that works the best just pull it tight as you can just hold on or throw it down one of the two they're 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 going to be dead in 30 seconds you know they 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 can't take it and uh you know like up uh killing lynx up them lynx up there in um alaska i'd carry a a snare, you know, a snare I would use just for that and, uh, you know, put a piece of wire on the end of the, the snare and put it over, you know, get it, you know, on a little stick and just kind of work. Sometimes it took longer than others, but I'd get it and stick, put it over their head, you know, and then pull on that what that wire and cinch that down. And it had uh, the spring on it and uh, on the, the snare and, you know, that it'd choke them out right away. Um, but that's the best bet. I mean, if you get a nice cat and you, you know, especially like your first cat you caught or something, you know, you don't want to go up there and, you know, shoot it like you would a coyote through the lungs and get blood all over it. And, you know, if you just choke it out, that's the way to do it. Um, you know, um, and speaking of, uh, choking them out with catch-all bowls, uh, you want to make sure that, uh, you know, like I was releasing a cat, and some of you have seen the video, so you know what's coming. <laughs> but the the thing is, is I was releasing a cat. It wasn't season. It was in October. And the thing is, is a lot of times if you are trapping coyotes in October, say November, and it's warm, and then you catch, you know, I talk to guys that catch four or five cats, and then they go back to the same spot in December when season comes on, them cats ain't there no more. It's cold. They've moved. You know, so you know where a cat's at in October, November doesn't necessarily. He probably is not going to be there. He's going to be in tight cover if it's cold. Um, you know, not not up on the side of an oak ridge. You know, because I mean the squirrels and stuff have moved down into tight cover a lot of times. You know, and then they're going to follow the game where they go. Um, you know, and there's less snow. It's warmer, and uh, but. Anyways, so I caught this cat in October. I'm going to release it. Sarah's videotaping me, you know, release this cat. And I thought, you know what? I'm tired of people saying if I put it around their neck. Um, and most of the time I could give a shit less. But for some reason in this moment, uh, I had a, a weakness. <laughs> I don't know. Somebody got in my head, apparently, and was controlling my, my body because uh, common sense was out the window. So I'm trying to get his leg in this K2 
catch-all and his neck because people think that if you release uh, a cat and you put it around his neck, that you kill that cat. If them cats are that delicate, I'm surprised that they even bump into a tree and aren't dead. Right? I'm surprised they can get out there and fight each other and they're not dead. I mean, they would have to be pretty delicate. So... Anyways, I go, I get this cat, I release it out of the trap, and it was real icy. Because I just had killed my cat the day before, and you only could get one in the area where I was at. And the pole was icy, my gloves were wet and icy, and the damn cat made a lunge with a catch-all pole on him and took off with my damn catch-all pole right on video. I could not freaking believe it. So then I go chasing after it, uh, bitching, swearing, <laughs> everything else. You can imagine, you know, and, and, and the part that made it even worse is you, you if you watch the video, you can hear Sarah like, uh, I don't know, hackling, heckling, laughing hysterically, you know, with this cat running away. I was surprised she didn't drop the camera. She was laughing so hard. Anyway, so I'm chasing him over my boots in water. You know, he can run on a little bit of ice. I'm breaking through. He got away. So I had to go get some hip boots and bust the ice. Anyways, anyways, I ended up finding, like, I don't even know, it was like half a mile away uh, on the other side. Um, I'd seen something red up there and... I got up there and it was the catch-all pole, just laying there. It came off the cat. So, but I I wasn't sure I was ever going to see that catch-all pole again, but I did. <laughs> um, but that's you know that's cat trap. I've had some crazy shit happen out there with the with the cat. The one time I was shooting a uh, um, video for F and T, and I was a my daughter was shooting, you know, for the TV show, and I go and I said, "We filmed this cat for I don't know, twenty minutes maybe." And uh, I said, "Well, I'm gonna dispatch this cat, and you know, we'll show you the remake." And uh, I I go. She turned off the camera, and because we don't film, you know, killing anything generally. At least we didn't. And uh, that cat made one last lunge. He climbed the trees. He'd done it all over, and he made one last lunge and got out of that trap. And I just sat there like, oh, my God, I cannot believe this happened. And uh, so we come back on, and I was still in shock. Like, you know, you're not going to believe what just happened. You know, but to see that cat after you've messed around with him for half an hour and you go to catch, put the catch all to choke him out, and he's gone. And it was a nice cat, too. Uh, it wasn't uh, 40 pounds, but, you know, it was probably in the low, low to mid-30s. And uh, it was a heck of a cat. But And then uh, I had another cat that was, it was the oldest cat I probably ever caught. Uh, I, I went back and tried to catch that cat during season and I, he never came back through, but, um, I didn't even notice it at the time, but watching the video later, he had, uh, one tooth missing on, 
his right, if you're looking at him on the right side, I think it was, and then the his canine and his canine on the bottom. And it was just old mean cat, and that he was not scared of me. The only other animal I was ever around, most of them just want to get away from you, was uh, a rattlesnake down to South Texas. Just You could just tell they're not scared of you, and they're not going to back up. And that's how this cat was. And that was in October, too. And um, I'm like, yeah. Uh, that was the only cat I ever released where I thought if I take the catch-all pull off of his neck, he's not going to go the other way. He, he, you know, Most of them just want to get away from you. This one I knew was going to come after me. So I went over there. There was this little dam there. And I drug him over the dam and put him over the dam and put him in the water. And that kind of cooled him off a little bit. And he went over on the other side of that dam, swam over there. And he just sat there on a little cement piling just growling at me. And, uh, you know, but like I say, that was the only cat I've ever had where I thought, you know what, when I release this, uh, it's going to be bad. And not for him, for me, because there's going to be a lot of screaming. Because I am a screamer if a bobcat starts biting me. And I didn't handle pistol with me or nothing, so... Good times. Um, but, you know, the, the main thing is, is uh, cat trapping is if you get out there, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of good bob bobcat lures and baits and stuff out there on the market. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, do do I have a special place in my heart for mine? Yes. But there's lots of them out there, um, you know, but uh, definitely go with somebody um, you know, that, uh, you know, has caught cats and, you know, knows about, you know, catching cats and stuff like that. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that only been trapping, you know, a year or two have never even caught a bobcat and have bobcat lure, you know? So I would shy away from them and go with, you know, with, uh, you know, companies that have caught cats or coyotes or whatever, whatever animal you're after. If you aren't going to use mine or Sarah's or Clint's, um, you know, use somebody that, uh, you know, has actually caught the animal that you're after. Um, you know, so, um, the other thing is, uh, so we got the fur sales. I said, I almost forgot to do them. Uh, so we got West Virginia fur auction, March 1st through, it says March 1st through the 3rd. I don't see how that's possible. Apparently, it's March 1st or the 3rd, but I don't know that for sure. Let me look it up. We'll look it up. Yep, says March 1st through the 3rd, 2024, Gilmer County Recreational Center, uh, Glenville, Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin, West Virginia. So... If you're in West Virginia or Pennsylvania or Ohio in that area, uh, West Virginia Trapper Association for auction is March 1st through the 3rd, 2024, Gilmer County Recreation Center, Glenville, West Virginia. And uh, you can probably get a hold of the West Virginia Trapper Association to get information on that. Um, the other... One we have is the Genesee Valley Trappers Association. Their first sale is February 17th, and that's in western New York. 
So get a hold of the Genesee Valley Trapper Association if you have want any information on that. Um, I'm looking up. I had the thing right there, and now I've lost it. Okay, we're back just about to it. Okay. These are all Pennsylvania fur sales. These are the the ones I'm reading um uh, are telling you about are only the ones the people that have sent them to me. So um you know that's why I'm announcing them. Uh one of the districts out to Pennsylvania did and I had to look up that one to get the information. Uh so I just figured the other two are there, I'll read those too. Uh District 5 for sale is February 11th, 2024, Bedford County Fairgrounds, 4-H building. And that's in Bedford, Pennsylvania. Auction starts at 10 a.m. Doors open at 8 a.m. See flyer for details. Uh, if you have any questions contact dale yoder 814-475-7330 or bill smith at 814-242-8808 and that would be the bedford county fairgrounds uh, district 5 for sale uh district 11 oh no wrong uh district 7 for sale and meeting so you get double. You get to go to the first sale, and you get to go to the meeting. I mean, who wouldn't love that? Uh, the winner first sale at Montour, DeLong, Washingtonville. I'm sure if you live out that way, you know that name, even though I butchered it. Uh, doors open at 8 a.m., uh, the district meeting at the conclusion of the sale. Again, view flyer for details. I'll push the button. Uh, Sunday, February 18th, 2024, Washingtonville, PA, District Number 7. Breakfast is available. Now we're getting to the most important thing. After the selling the fur, I mean, that they have breakfast, I mean, now they just, they just moved to the top of the list. So, um, you have to have your fur taker's license number. Uh, and there is no contact information. And the thing is, is if you're doing fur sales, advertising them, you you always want to have contact information if possible. And some of them I looked up don't even have. It's like with the Genesee Valley Trappers. It doesn't even tell where the fur sale is. It tells it's February seventeenth. Says it's Western New York, but. You know, it doesn't tell, you know, where the first sale is or a contact. Um, so, you know, if, if somebody just got into trapping wants to sell some fur, you know, it's like with me, February 17th, I wouldn't know where to get into the vehicle uh, and drive to to go sell my fur 
or where the Genesee Valley Trappers Association is exactly in western New York. So, um, again, if you get me the information, uh, contacts, or whatever information you want me to do, I'll definitely, uh, you know, because I want to get it out there for people to sell their fur and the associations to be able to, uh, you know, make their 5 or 10% on whatever to help them out too. So, you know, you know, guys are... Guys and girls out there are looking for places to sell fur. So if you, uh, you know, are buying, having a fur sale, get a hold of me and I will, you know, uh, let them know about it. Hey, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in this week. Um, I'm hoping we're going to have a show from Arkansas next week with uh, hopefully Haggerty and Carl. And, you know, we'll tell you tell you what's happening well i guess we won't be in arkansas next friday so i guess you'll have me it'll be the following week we have one so see i'm already there so anyways i appreciate y'all and thank you so much